Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you want to look at this passage, that's the one that we're going to be looking at. As you know, we've been working our way through the book of Philippians, and we're looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. So if you have your smartphones or tablets or Bibles, I would encourage you to uh, look up the passage and follow along with us. So today is February 13th. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. For those of you who have a Valentine person in your life, just a reminder, this is a public service announcement. Um, Today is also Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm excited about the nachos, so you know, um, and and the chicken wings. So life is good, uh, and it's a good day to celebrate. When I originally planned this series, I planned to preach uh, verses 1 to 14 to uh, today, but as I got into this passage, I thought, well, this deserves two sermons. So this morning we're going to look at the first eight verses. And I, I believe that, that if you catch what, what's going on in these verses, that it can be really helpful in focusing our lives on, on what really matters and, and cut through a lot of the noise uh, to show us what faith is. I want, it can help us to see what a Christian really is. I know that now more than ever we, we live in a world um, that is hard to see what faith looks like. It's got so bad in our world that I'm, I'm reluctant to use the word Christian, not that I'm ashamed of Christ or the gospel, but I'm ashamed of what's been done in the name of Christ. When I was growing up, uh, after praying the sinner's prayer, being a Christian seemed to depend on, well, what church you went to, um, or how you're baptized, or who you listen to. Everyone seemed to have their list of how a good Christian would act. In some parts of the world, um, abstaining, abstaining from drinking alcohol was the litmus test of whether you were a true Christian. In other parts of the world, drinking alcohol seemed to be accepted, but uh, drinking coffee was not acceptable. Um, Smoking was frowned on by many Christians, and yet other Christians grew tobacco. In some ways, I long for those conversations. They seem so uh, benign compared to what we face today. The angers of, of Christians over masks and vaccines and Truck convoys is startling on both sides of the issue. Talk about rabbit trails that we go down. There are so many rabbit trails that keep us from focusing on what really matters. Over the years, I've come to see that the many of the things that, that I focused on were just noise. Here's our faith in a nutshell. If you want to take the sermon home in a nutshell, here it is. It's about Jesus. Let's let Paul help us refocus on what matters. Philippians chapter 1. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write this, the same thing to you again, and it is a safeguard to you. Paul tells the, the church of Philippi, rejoice in the Lord. And This is not some throwaway line. 
To Paul, this is foundational to living out the Christian life. He's already demonstrated in his own life. About a month ago, we looked at Philippians chapter 1, and we saw some people were preaching Christ out of envy and, uh, and some even in the hopes of distressing Paul. What's Paul's response to that? Well, Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, but what does it matter? The, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or truth, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Paul's antidote to the people who were trying to cause him distress was to rejoice in the Lord. It's about Jesus, he's saying. Not about other people's motives. Not about other people's actions. It's not about what other people are saying about me. It's about Jesus. Chapter 2, Paul talks about uh, how serving the gospel and the Philippi church has, has cost him a lot. And here's his response, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on, uh, on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad, and I will re- and, and rejoice with all of you. His response to the cost of serving Jesus, being imprisoned, is, I rejoice in the Lord. Why? It's about Jesus. So now we come to our passage this morning, and Paul says, this is a really important thing for you to learn. Verse 1, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard to you. If you rejoice in the Lord, it will protect you. It will safeguard you. It will protect you from people who are trying to cause you distress. Um, It will protect you from self-pity when you're suffering. People rejoice in the Lord. My my focus is not on peripheral issues, he would say. It's not on my, my hardship. My focus is on Jesus and what he has done. And when I'm focused there, when my eyes are there, Everything falls into place. It's a safeguard. Now, Paul's introducing the next number of verses about the supremacy of Christ, but his shorthand for what our focus is to be on is rejoice in the Lord. But before he gets there, he he takes a a slight detour in the form of a warning. Verse 2, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. There were people who were going around the early church who were saying that if you are going to gain God's favor, then you need to be circumcised. Some were saying you need Jesus and circumcision. Um, This is about as close to cursing as Paul gets. Those dogs, those evildoers, mutilators of the flesh. Why? Because what they're saying is a perversion of the gospel. They're saying you need Jesus and. Jesus and. And whenever people say you need Jesus and something else, you have a problem. It's about Jesus. Full stop. Paul says, here's what the Christian life really looks like. 
For it is we who are the circumcision, who, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Paul says, the truly spiritual people, the people who are truly Christian, the ones who are following Jesus do three things. First, they serve God by his spirit, or they worship God by his spirit. Um, many translations uh, have worship instead of serve, and uh, the word means both things. It's um, they serve and worship, or they worship by service. Uh, it can mean either of those things. Second thing that the true Christians do is they, well, we boast in Christ. We boast in Christ, in Christ alone. Third thing is, is that we put no confidence in the flesh or in our human effort. I want to take some time and camp on this verse. I want to meditate on these things because... They're really foundational to who you and I are as followers of Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. It's a safeguard to you. It's about Jesus. The focus is Jesus. Not our circumstances, it's Jesus. The way we live this out is we serve, serve and worship God, but catch this, the qualifier is by his Spirit. It's what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well in, in John chapter 4. It says, Yet a time is coming and has now come that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. True worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. That is who God seeks. Paul says true followers of Jesus are those who worship and serve God by his spirit. So what does that mean? Well, the whole focus of the passage is it's about Jesus, and not about human effort. So when he's talking about worship and service, he's saying not so much about, it's not so much about what you do, but what God does in and through you. It's about Jesus. So how does that work? Took effort for us to get here this morning, didn't it? That was cold this morning. Wow. Get in your car, and it kind of feels like a truck. Um, took effort for you to get here this morning. You made choices to get yourself dressed, you got to church. It took effort for me to put together this sermon. So what does it mean that we serve and worship God in spirit? Well, let me give you a few examples. So it took some effort to put together this message, but I'm very aware that my effort alone, although it could be really, really good, and I worked diligently and I worked hard, counts for nothing of eternal value unless God takes it and uses it. If the Spirit empowers what I'm saying, the result will be that you will be helped along on your spiritual journey. If it doesn't empower what I say, then ho-hum. We'll take that as information and be dismissed. Your heart won't be changed, and I'll avoid wasted space. Every person who comes to Jesus is given at least one spiritual gift, usually more. One of my gifts is preaching. So when I speak, God will often empower what I say, and help move his people towards him. 
When that happens, God, by his spirit, is at work. Here's another example. When you come to church and we sing worship songs and hymns, it's just music until God moves by his spirit. When he does, our, our voices become more than air over vocal cords, but our voices become conduits of our heart, which is pouring out worship to God. One is just music, but when the music is infused by the Spirit and our hearts, it becomes worship. It becomes a spiritual act. One more example. Many of you express love through serving because, well, you have the spiritual gift of serving. Serving takes effort. Nothing wrong with effort. But when serving happens with love and it's out of the empowerment of the Spirit, something more than just the work gets done. That service, service carries a message of spiritual significance to the people it serves, who are served. That message is, is uh, born by the Spirit. And when the Spirit of God is in the service, God of love and grace can be seen. Encouragement may be found. Gratefulness and praise may be inspired. Back to verse 3. For it is we who are the circumcision. We serve God by his Spirit. Who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. We boast in Christ. Unlike the people who were saying, you need Christ and we... We say, we need Jesus. We're saved because of what he's done. We live our lives because of who he is. Our part is only to receive him and make choices of faith to follow him. You're familiar with Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you are saved through faith. This not of yourself, it's a gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast. No one can boast except in Christ for what he's done. We can't boast about our salvation and the work we've done. We didn't save ourselves. We didn't earn it. We can't, can't boast about our spirituality. It's, it's Jesus who's done everything. Our choice is only to follow him, to receive what he gives us. Our choice is to make decisions of faith. Everything else is done by him. To drive the point home, he goes on and says, and we put no confidence in the flesh, or we, we don't put confidence in our human effort. We put no confidence in the flesh. The word flesh there can mean one of two things. It can mean human effort, or it can actually mean an ethnic origin. Paul was a Jew, and as such, uh, he was part of God's chosen people, and I think Paul means both these things. He's saying it's it's not my effort on behalf of the gospel. I don't put confidence in that. I don't put confidence in the fact that, oh, I've been really spiritual. I don't put confidence in the fact that I'm one of God's chosen people. The apostle goes on to, to use himself as an example. He says, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation because it's a little easier to understand. 
Philippians chapter 3, we put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I, Paul, was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisee who, who demand the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I har harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Paul's saying, if, if anyone could be confident in their human effort, that would be me. I'd be good, I'd be great, I'd be all right. He had the right spiritual rituals done to him. He came from the right family, the tribe of Benjamin. He was of the right ethnicity, God's chosen people. He was part of the strictest sect, the Pharisees. He was zealously did all that was required of him, and he kept the law without fault. He was good. If anyone could rely on human effort, it would have been Paul. Most of us have our own list, list of what makes us good. There's the religious list. I go to church. I do my devotions. I give my tithe. I serve in a ministry. I pray. There's the community list. I volunteer. I look out for my neighbor. I'm part of Neighborhood Watch. I try to do right by people. There's the internalist. I'm a good person. I don't do anything that would hurt anybody. I try, I try my best. Paul says of his list, verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable. Yeah, I once thought these things were valuable. But I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Paul would say to you, consider your list worthless too. It's about Christ and what he's done for us. It's all about Jesus and his doing. Paul drives the point home, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For the sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Paul says, I'm... I used to count a lot of other things important, but now I see them as worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ. It's about becoming one with him, or being found in him, or to use Jesus' language to remain and abide in him because he's the vine and we're the branches. It's about being connected to him, and everything else, 
Everything else is a rabbit trail. It's about Jesus. I don't remember a time when there has been so much noise about, about, around what it means to be a Christian. It's some, it seems in some churches, it seems to be about masking and demonstrating love for your neighbors, and others it seems to be about not masking and demonstrating freedom. In some, it seems to be about fighting abortion. In others, it seems to be about fighting poverty. In others, it seems to be about growing a big church. In others, it seems to be about raising a healthy family. In others, it seems to be about having a good marriage. In others, it seems to be about having a healthy body. In some, it's about getting healing from wounds in your past. For others, it's about physical healing. For others, it's about getting our theology right. For others, it's about the church building. Listen, a lot of those things are good and right and helpful. But when we focus on more on those things than we focus on Jesus, we miss the point. Don't miss the point. Don't let the noise around you cause you to miss the point. It's about Jesus. So I would say to you, my brothers and my sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to say this Same thing to you again. And it's a safeguard to you. Where are your eyes? What are you rejoicing in? Don't miss the point about your faith. It's about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, there's so much noise around us and so much thing, so many things that go under the guise of being Christian and often we are tempted to run down rabbit trails. Forgive us when we have. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to get refocused on you. It's about you. Lord, help us to rejoice in you. Help us to safeguard our hearts because it's about you. So Lord, forgive us when we've made our lives about us. We get our eyes on us or on the noise around us. It's about you. Lord, forgive me when I've done that. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.